I, I, the reason why I chose geology is because I like being outdoors. Right. Um, and I grew up watching my parents go to work, and it just looked mm. fucking tragic. Like, <laughs> being behind a desk, <laughs> yeah. They came home looking so tired. And yeah, because they're both lawyers, so they, it's a lot of reading and a lot of writing. Yeah, lawyers do like back, like they can, they carry their work home and then They do research. carry it home because I could not ever win an argument. It was just like, no matter how much I prepared, I was like, nah. All right, here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the No God Less Man podcast. We are here at Life Gymnasium. If you don't know where that is, it is a gym located inside of Holiday Inn. Today, I am joined by... Fuck, man. <laughs> all, all this time, we call you Biogenist, MD, MD. What's your like full name? Like, how do you pronounce? How do I pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, it's pronounced Boloko. I'm not even going to attempt That's that. That's all right. So we call him MB. Well, at least I call him MB. He's go, he goes by Biogeologist on uh, Instagram. And um, I have him today because he's actually a geologist. So no, um, I used to be. I well. <laughs> Certified, that's to say. But yeah, he has a really interesting story, and uh, we just wanted to touch on that, share it with you guys. Hopefully, you learned something from today's session. So, without further ado, tell us, uh, me. Yeah. Please introduce to the people who don't know. Okay, well, hi, my name is Boloko, or MB for short. It was, it was funny because when I was a kid, I'd always know when it was my name on the roll call, so mm. the teacher would pause. <laughs> Like, ah, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, my name's MB. I used to be a geologist, uh, not that long ago either. I think it was about four years ago. Four years ago. Probably the last time I did geology. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, nothing special. I went to school, um, went through high school. Went to PAU for like one semester and I bombed out. Was it because you didn't have any interest in being like a geologist? Was it like something you wanted to be or? Um, no, so, so I studied geology uh, at Curtin University and that's in Western Australia. Mm. Um, and when I was applying to go down to Australia, well, just a little bit of a backstory. So yeah. So I went to Pomis, and the good thing, well, one of the good things about Pomis, or probably the only good thing about Pomis, <laughs> is that uh, when you get to a grade, well, 9 and 10, I don't know if they do it anymore, but uh, 9 and 10 and 11 and 12, you can do like a dual high school certificate. Dual high school, oh, yeah. nice. So we did, oh, I did the PNG one and an Australian one. So when it came time to go for uni, it was just like, uh, like I've got an Australian certificate, so I could skip the whole foundation year and wow, okay, and just go straight into the course. It's because their curriculum is a lot higher than ours, right? Mm, I mean, no, not not really. It's just um, this is how things work. <laughs> I think the main thing is that it's it's all standardized, right? So when they measure one student against another, they, they have a metric to measure against. Okay. And uh, 
that's just the unfortunate thing about Papua New Guinea is we could all go to the same school, but it's not. Mm. Uh, all, we could all study the same. Yeah, it depends on the person really, and how you yeah. digest and dissect and learn stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I went to Curtin. Uh, absolutely loved it. I love geology. I, I, the reason why I chose geology is because I like being outdoors. Right. Um, and I grew up watching my parents go to work, and it just looked fucking tragic. Like, <laughs> being behind a desk, yeah. <laughs> they home, came home looking so tired. And yeah, because they're both lawyers, so they it's a lot of reading and a lot of writing. Yeah, lawyers do like back, like they can they carry their work home and then they do research. carry it home because I could not ever win an argument. It was just like, no matter how much I prepared, I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, went to geology, did that for a while. I started out as an engineering geologist and then went across to double. Yeah. It's so long now, I can't even remember. Yeah. It all muddles up into it like one. Up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about time, eh? Time and memories. Just... So I've done stuff underground, that was fun. Uh, underground mining is probably one of, like, it's, it's fun for the first week or two, and then it becomes really boring and just really repetitive and really monotonous. Yeah, because I remember you mentioned one time when we were uh, talking, and then you didn't see the sun for like, like a, like yeah, a whole day. swing. Like that was, so swing, so you're up there for like two weeks and then you're off for a week. And because we went up during winter, like the, the sunset and the sunrise are a little bit different. <laughs> so by the time I was down the hole, the sun, was, the sun came up after Late, I had yeah, gone down okay. the hole. And it would, it would go down early before we came up. Wow. So it's like two weeks of no sun. It doesn't matter, yeah. And it was just... It was, it was weird. Fun. Yeah, it was weird. It was strange. Yeah. Because um, most of the time you're just down there and you're stuck next to a driller. If any drillers are watching, you guys are trash. Like, <laughs> straight trash. I don't, I don't care what you say. Oh, man. Why, why, are they, why, why are they trash? Like, we'll just do some of the nastiest. If any drillers are watching and you're an underground driller. You know. They green, know. You, I know what you do with that green bag and it's fucking it's disgusting. Oh, my God. Now I'm curious to find out. I'll probably Google that later. Uh, so it's basically like a green polyurethane bag. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So it's like a waste bag? Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Like if you're underground and you just turn your cap lamp off, like nobody can see you. <laughs> Unless you go around looking. <laughs> you can literally just go across. I mean, you'd never want to do it for safety. But yeah. <laughs> Wow. Just turn that light off. And you're alone for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Mm -mm. Okay, let's move on from that. Yes. <laughs> Drillers, you're trash. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what you guys do with the green bags, but I, hope yeah. it's dis I think it's disgusting. Uh, then when I, yeah, so getting back to it, when I came back, I could not find a job in mining here in PNG. Here in PNG. And it was, when I was coming back, I was like, yeah, it's a shoe in I mean, Curtin University. So, so Curtin University, uh, especially for mining, for mining engineering, geology, it's ranked, I think, 
mining in general is ranked second in the world. Mm. So it's an incredibly hard program to get into. Is to it? get through. Yeah. Oh, get through. Yeah, it's relatively easy to get in. They'll take, I think it's uh, like 70% mm. is the entrance requirement. Okay. Getting in is the easy part. It's staying through staying it. Staying through it. And you really have to want to be there. Um, because all your lecturers have doctorates from, from Oxford. And Oof. yeah, it's a whole different level. And so, like, because you have that standard. And you, I think when we started, there was about 200 of us. Wow. Just a little over 200 people in the class. By the end of it, there was only about 20 something that graduated. That's like 90%. Yeah, it was, the attrition rate was really high. Why is that? Did they put you guys through like tough? It's tough, right? The learning. Yeah. Do you do practical in between or? Yeah. So we do. Um, so you do all your your coursework and then, but you also have fieldwork components. Mm. And fieldwork is okay, but if you're out in Western Australia, it's it's a whole different thing. So if you're not physically up to it, it's, yeah. it's not really a physical thing. It's more of a mental thing. Um, like you have this area that you have to map and you have to be making progress each day and you're out there for about 11 days. So, so you're just working alongside your partner and you're just going through and just working through the map. Uh, marking each day. Marking each day. It's, it's like you're walking through a 43 degree heat. It's dry heat as well. Um, the sun is just something else. Mm. I can only imagine, like, it's Australia, right? And not in that... Yeah, it's in the outback. Outback where, oh, man. Plus all the dangerous animals and all of that stuff. Yeah, no, there wasn't that many dangerous animals. Right, in, in that region that you guys yeah. were working in. I think maybe where it's a little bit cooler and you have a lot more vegetation, than that, but this was just rock. Ah, it. <laughs> the side of this mountain somewhere in Western Australia, and we just go and map that. Our final year one was in South Australia, mm. and that was 11 days of hell. Like, it was hot for the first half, and then it just it flooded. The whole state was flooded out Damn. for the second half. And we still had to finish the map. <laughs> but like, if it rains, just stop where you are and wait for the rain to pass. <laughs> and then you just continue to carry on. And you have to speed it up because like, you lost two hours waiting for the rain and you have to pick up that pace. Damn. Yeah, so you're trekking like 25, 30 k's a day with about 10 liters of water, which is, about, which is 10 kilos on your back, plus kit. It's like a soldier it's carrying a friggin' bag. and Well, it's not a soldier, you're a geologist, so you, yeah. it's, it's a very big difference. The wrong analogy, forgive me. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's really one of those things where, like, if you really, really, really yeah. want to do it, you will do it. So it's safe to say you wanted to do it and you did it. But uh, yeah. coming back here, reality hit and yeah, you couldn't find reality it. hit and I was like, oh, why is this not working? Because I thought everything was just supposed to go. Dirt, dirt, yeah. Dirt. I, it was everything up to that point had been really linear. Yeah. Then you, you had to, was it because you didn't find any... Because, uh, I mean, the mining stuff here, it doesn't... How There's no underground mining, right? 
Are there, I think there is one. There is one. Uh, I think Pogara has an underground. Okay. I think. I'm not sure. Because I've never worked in the mines here. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Because all of the mines here are just open pits, right? They're not yeah. underground, so you can't really... Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so tell me, like, how, how long did you stay here until you stumbled into doing what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, so probably about seven months. And then the guys at Blue 7 team, um, mm. I don't know where they found my resume, but they did. And they, they called in 2018 and said, hey, um, we've got this gig if you want to come. Okay. Um, you just have to manage a venue. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you obviously, you've got some qualifications, so you're not stupid. <laughs> I was like, I'll just wait. <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, yeah, after that first, it was, a, it was during APEC as well. So right, so 2018 or in the year. 2018, and we turned the Tarama Aquatic Center in from, like, what it is now, and transformed that into a whole uh, media center. Ooh. So there was like hundreds of booths and tables and everything was networked. Mm. Uh, power running everywhere just for the international press for them to do their work. Right, yeah. So the aqu aquatic center was turned into like a uh, media war room. So yeah, so, so, okay. pretty much. So all the, like, the media from around the region of, in APEC, anyone who wanted the news for it, mm they would all just be there and then they'd go out to grab their stories and then they'd come back. Work off that. Work off that and send it off. That's interesting. And my job is pretty much going around like, hi, everything okay? Yeah, oh, what? Okay, I'll talk to the internet guys. <laughs> so that's how you started, basically? Yeah, that's how I started. Uh, I was what you call a venue functions manager, mm. which is pretty much just going around with a with a clipboard Checklist and, just and checking yeah. off, making sure everything is ticking along. Mm. Uh, I did that for about two years and then COVID hit. Mm. And I spoke to the co-owner for Blue 7, uh, Elwin. And I told him, man, I, like, I can't stay and wait. I've got to go out and do something. So I bought a drone and thought I'll get back into geology. and Right. Landscaping. And, yeah, just do um, drone mapping. Which is okay, yeah. Just aerial photography, and then you just stitch together a map. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Like, nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. And there's a reason why nobody's doing it. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> nobody wants it. <laughs> there's no market for it. There is a market, but, I mean, it's not an economical market. Yeah. Because um, the people that can afford to pay it already have their own in-house GIS people right. doing that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I know a couple of people who are doing it, and I honestly don't know what that market's like because I never stayed. Yeah. Um, what, what drone did you buy? It was a Phantom 4 Pro V2. The big-ass drone. Yeah. Um, just because of the battery life. Yeah, you know? it is. And like, I think at the time, is the longest battery life. Yeah, at the yeah time. I think now there's, there's new ones that are longer, like fly longer than that. Yeah. Cause it was like 20, 25 minutes flight time or 30 minutes? Oh, and still wind, like with no wind, yeah. it can do about 35, I think. Yeah. But with wind, obviously, the. It'll cut yeah. down, yeah. I mean, you just get around that by buying more batteries. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. 
but it was it was like a good solid professional drum. Still is. Yeah, I still, still use is. it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it was my dad. He asked me this question, like, "Oh, you know, why don't you shoot videos?" Like, "Ah, oh, no, I, I don't want to do that." You know, mm-hmm. that's just it's too much work. Yeah, like, I've seen people do it, and it's just it's way too much work. And he goes, "Oh." Well, Okay, well, I mean, think about it. Think about something you like doing. And, mm. and I thought to myself, um, well, if I'm going to do something with cameras, then I might as well just do live, because I've got ex- I've got some transferable experience, right? With Blue Seventeen. Because Blue Seven do live events as well. Yeah, so Blue Seven deals. Um, so Blue Seven Production, the production mm. arm, deal in live events. Yeah. And that's your your audio, your audio visual lights, lights. Mm. Um, so they do concerts. Yeah, so they're one of two companies that can do the really, really big. Yeah, shows. the really big ones. Actually, not, not a lot of people know about that, but um, yeah, they're probably one of the pioneers of like the events and events like big event management type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like them and Next of Kin, they started around the same time. Yeah. And there's, there's, it's really good to see that, like you, the two biggest companies, there's very healthy collaboration. Yeah, there, there is yeah. actually. I work with them both, so I can see like the collaboration that they yeah. try to bring up. To, not only them, but they work with smaller people, like the ones that are just starting out. You know, like yeah, this guy right now. <laughs> yeah, well, budget plan as in people like me as well. Yeah. So it's a very collaborative effort, and it's, it's really nice. Yeah, it's it's a very good, uh, it's a it's a good market to be in. And so when we started doing it, I mean, we started with a Canon ATD mm. and like your stock eighteen to fifty five kit lens. Oof. And, Live video. Yeah, and Damn. so you know you can really tell when that puppy yeah. is going in. <laughs> and it was a photography tripod as well. You're trying to track a moving right. person and. You can just see the image. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. That stiff, stiff turn. Yeah, and so I very, 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 very quickly decided, yeah, we need to actually get the proper stuff mm. for it. What was your first work by yourself? And how did you, like, find it? Or was it given to you? Or was it a referral? The first job? Yeah, that the I first did? job that you did with the uh, Canon 80D, you said. With the Canon, the first job I ever did was um, with Graham Robinson from Pixar. Graham Robinson, yeah. And I like I'd known Graham. Uh, he would come and do photography for Blue Seven. So Graham, Graham knew that I had a camera, and at that point I had a gimbal as well. So he was like, mm. "Why don't you come and and uh, shoot for me?" And I went, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah, just come on, just come on." So it was a whole day of shooting, and the experience is amazing. Uh, Graham explained things to me. Yeah. Because I had no idea about <laughs> composition or. Oh yeah, all of that photography yeah, all stuff. of that. I had no idea. <laughs> I was just winging it. You know, like, I have a camera. Yeah, no, winging it is all we all learn. You know, it's would, the confidence that puts us out. He there. would literally tell me like, "Okay, I, I want this shot," and this was a, at the Stanley. So the first job was at the Stanley. And, He's like, oh, I want this shot. And I was like, all right. And then he goes off and I'm on my phone, like, Googling, like, what that shot is. 
Like, what is a mid-shot? <laughs> what is a mid-shot? Oh, my God, it's nice. So literally learn on the job. Yeah, just literally learned on the job. Um, but it was, I think for me, it was just because it was all new and it was exciting. And um, just being able to just slowly grow from where we started to what we do now. Mm. In the space of two years, it's been... It's been very hard getting to this point, and we were still going, but it's, I don't know. It's amazing yeah. how, how fast you've grown. Because, I mean, from looking from, from, from my point of view, yep. I thought you'd been doing this for a long time, like <laughs> three, five, ten, you know, as long as Blue 7 existed. That was, <laughs> that was my view of it. But then when I had, like, the chat with you and with Marai, and I was like, Hey, these guys just. just yeah, you've actually out. been doing. You've probably been doing yeah. this like. Yeah, I've been than doing this much longer than you. Like, um, which which year did you start out in? Uh, I was. I think it was 2020. Yeah, so 2020. I yeah. started in like 2018. There you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like same around that same time and like the trend of you know going into content yeah. creation and all of that stuff picked up. I, th I think I was lucky. I was lucky in the sense that, like, with live production, um, because I had worked with Blue 7, Elwin, Elwin just naturally just took me under his wing yeah. and just explained things to me. And so, like, the rate that I, the exposure that I got from that, and mm. my learning just went like that. Yeah, it's like a big bump. It just complemented, like, the own learning that I was doing. And for live production, like, for content creation, there's heaps of material out there. Mm. They'll tell you how to do different things or how to come up with different things and solutions. Yeah. But for live production, there's nothing. Like, That's something too. You have to have worked in broadcast to then go and do live production. Yeah. Because it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it's... It's um, a whole different ballgame. You got to know different specs, different cables, what cable goes into what, which port. Man, yeah. like, it's, it's not as simple. Um, like, it's... I think it's only as complicated as you want it to be. Mm. Um, the, I think the real complicated thing for us now is just that um, like our clients don't tell us what they want. They just say they would like this service, but they don't say what's going on. Like We don't get a program. Mm. You know? We don't know what's going to happen yeah, during yeah. a show. <laughs> you just show up? We just show up and, and we just we just sort of wing it. We literally wing it. <laughs> We're like, okay, I want two cameras here, I want one there, and I want one roving. And that's just so. If anything happens, like we'll become. Yeah. Okay. Um, that shouldn't happen. Like, but a lot of clients these days they don't brief. Like they'll just say, okay, we want live events, and because you're like doing this, they expect you yeah. to you know be prepared, do anything that they want. Yeah, I think this is like a. This is where like, I really had to understand, like, aside from the production, there was also the business aspect oh, that yeah. I had to learn up as well. So what I quickly figured out was that the reason why they're not telling you anything is because if they're paying you this much to do something, then they expect you to, you know, to, know. to know what you're doing. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I just made sure that we did that. So you just winged it. Yeah, we just winged it. Went along with everything and then... No, but it's nice, like, 
putting yourself, positioning yourself in that um, space where you're always constantly learning from from a gig. Yeah. You know, so you do one thing, this happens, the next gig you prepared for that. Yeah. So you do the next thing, another thing happens, or the next thing you prepared for that. You think. So like, it's every, you're better every gig. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's the way to learn. And we've had, like for, we were on a really good run for like a, probably about eight months. Mm. And then the biggest gig that we ever got, and it just like things that we had tested just weren't working like 20 minutes before the start. I'm like, oh, what, what's going on? And I'm swearing, literally yeah. swearing at the operators. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like we had sat through a briefing and and we're like, all right, we're gonna you you'll do this shot, this shot. I'll only call for this one from you. Um, your job is to do this. And then and then people were forgetting their shots or people were like things. Gear was just starting to glitch. That and, panic moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I thought I would be panicking, but. Not, not much. Um, you had confidence in your boys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely. Like, um, so where we are now is really just a reflection of the guys on the team. Mm. Uh, it's not really me. All I'm doing is just sitting behind a desk going, yeah, all right, uh, zoom in a little bit. Yeah, that's good. But they're the ones that are out there actually grabbing the shots. Mm. And most of the time, they're the ones that are actually carrying the gear. Yeah. So, <laughs> So you're basically just managing the boys, yeah. getting the shots, booking clients. Pretty much. And, and yeah. So the boys will come in. Uh, we'll have a brief about how we're supposed to go about doing a job. Mm. Um, and we've, we've worked enough gigs now to know... How each other work, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think we've worked in almost every venue there is. All right. So you know the ins and outs and yeah. where the camera should be. Okay. Yeah, the, that's nice. What the lighting is like, yeah. which PowerPoints work. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> not all places have all the PowerPoints working. Right? Yeah. Well, some of them have PowerPoints that are working, but the current sort of fluctuates a little ah, bit. Ah, okay. And that can really stuff up cameras and sensitive electronic yeah. equipment. So all, like, some of your, most of some of your cameras, they run through power? All of them. Power, all of them. All of them. So, like a... Uh, sorry, not all of them. Um, all of them except the roving camera. The rover cam, yeah, okay. That one's just running on batteries. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, the roving camera is the one on the gimbal that goes around the room. Yeah. <laughs> Am yeah. I right? Yeah, yeah that's okay. pretty much it. Yeah, okay. So, so that yeah. he's sending his feedback wirelessly. Yeah. Because um, the first time, I had to actually learn that too, funny enough, when we did the Pangu thing. Yeah. You said roving camera. I was like, is there like a rover? You know, I was imagining that, <laughs> that rover Mars thing, you know, the Wally type of thing, to just go around like a little truck in the yeah. area. And then I was like, no, no, that's that's not gonna be it. And then um, what's his name? Suke. Suke. Suke was holding the camera. I was like, oh, so that's a rover camera. <laughs> so. There was a term for it, right? That's the correct term for it. I mean, that's just the one we use. I'm pretty sure there's some people somewhere else call it something call different. Call it something else, yeah. We just call it roving because he's literally just roving. Yeah. No, but it makes sense, I mean, to call it that. And so, like, I mean, Suke as well. Just having Suke with his experience. 
Because he worked at MTV, pretty much all three major broadcast stations. MTV, NBC. And, uh, oh no, I don't think he worked for NBC. Could oh, okay. be wrong. But MTV, I know he worked at TV One. Right. And so he, I think he's got about 10, 12 years experience. 10. And so with Suke, I literally just set up the gimbal and hook it up, make sure the feed's running. I'm like, just, you, you know what to do. <laughs> So I do that thing that clients do with me, I do that with yeah. him, so you know what to do. <laughs> and it's a pretty heavy payload as well. It like is, it's about, yeah. um, I like tried lifting it once. The gimbal is about seven, plus the transmitter, and then you've got the camera, so you're looking mm. at about 10, 11 kilos. Yeah, but it, the good thing is the Zion screen tree, yep. yeah. it makes it feel a little bit lighter. Yeah, then, that, that handle really yeah. does help, and just proper technique. Two, like two hands. Yeah. So yeah, um, continuing from the boys, they are coming as contractors to you. Yeah, and, and these are just guys that I, like Jules has been, uh, Jules and I have been working together pretty much since the beginning of the company. He, he had no idea about shots as well. I mean, I didn't either. And so what did he do before that? His best. <laughs> no, I mean, like... Oh, well, Jules and I both worked at Blue 7. So Jules is in production. He was okay. doing, I think, AV and lights. So he was, he was still learning. Yeah. And then COVID happened, and he was like, ah. Mm. Oh. Let's do it. Let's do our own thing. Yeah. No, I just sort of rang him one day and like, hey... Um, do you know how to use a camera? Because he does photography. Oh, okay, okay. So I was like, oh, do you want to just come and work the camera and I'll fly the drone? I think it was a Christmas party that we went to shoot. Mm. And he was like, yeah. And we just sort of stuck together from there. Three years since then? Two years? Yeah, about two years. Yeah. Uh, Laurie, Laurie, I met through the guy that does sound for our live streams. And we, I get Alan. Mm. He's a DJ. Alan's a DJ? Alan's a DJ. Damn, OK. I didn't know. Yeah. I know. He's adorable as well. It's yeah. Like, like a trifecta. What's his DJ name? DJ Lev. DJ Lev. Mm. I tried talking him into DJ ALN, like Alan. Yeah, right? That would be nice. And then Laurie pointed out, I was like, you know, if you swap that ALN to ANL, it's like, <laughs> something else. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Okay. And I was, I was still trying to sell him the idea. I was like, yeah, no, but that'll make them think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you just stuck with Lev. So you stuck with Lev? Yeah. Okay. Why Lev, though? It's not his... Uh, I think it's his middle name. Hey, yeah. like Levy or something like that? Probably. <laughs> it took me a while to actually learn how to spell his proper name, like Alan. Oh, Alan. <laughs> yeah. How do you spell it? It's spelled, it's, it's A-double-L-E-N, and I always spell it A-double-L-A-N. Yeah, of course. First thing, A-double-L-A-N, you know? I didn't think, wow, that's weird, okay. So, yeah. So, the boys just give you, like, you pay them a day rate, and then yep. on the days that you guys don't work together, they just... They do their own thing. They so, do their own um, thing. Oh, that's nice. Laurie is an actual gigging DJ, so he, goes he does that. Uh, Jules, I think he does, he does photography and stuff. So he's got his own clients. Um, mm. But when I give him a call, I always check, like, hey, are you free on this day? Yeah, this okay. Day? Yeah. 
So if there's a gig, you tell them like at least two or three days in advance. Yeah. And then they're prepared. So where do you keep all your stuff? Like, uh, in a storeroom. Storeroom. Okay. Back in, I'm not gonna say where. Yeah. <laughs> off camera. Off camera. He keeps it in the storeroom. Next you guys. Yeah, it's right next to my bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> next to the cure for cancer. <laughs> so if you wanna find it, go there. Oh, but yeah, it's really interesting. Do you have any plans to like scale up? Do you wanna? Yeah, no, definitely. We've, it's, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where we're just, like this is where you really have to step away from uh, from what you do and, and look at it more in terms of business and mm. just see, like my, my whole thing with scaling is that I'm just trying to see what the market is doing and what the market wants. Right. Like right now at the moment, because of the elections, everybody's sort of waiting to see how the, what the direction the, the government's yeah. going to go. Yeah. So is there a lot of work? No. Mm. Um, so what, like, how do you plan around doing those things? And that's, that's just in the short term, but long term, yeah, definitely we, yeah. we want to get bigger. And, and the reason why we want to get bigger is we just want to be able to do it. Mm. And I think it's, it's just because nobody thought, nobody thought that it could be done, that people with um, no experience could learn how to do it. Could learn how to do it. But I mean, if you think about it, there's, there's no school here for, for live production or OBs. No. Um, people learn on the job. Uh, they do at the broadcasting stations anyway. Yeah, uh, but then broadcast stations, they're like, the people who go there don't actually have a certificate that says, yeah. oh, I'm a broadcast. Yeah, outside broadcast expert or whatever. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot. Of, it's just experience. It's just experience, yeah. And it's a lot like, um, I found that it's a lot like my geology degree, mm. in that you will only want, you'll only get through it if you want to be if there. If you want it, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's not a nine to five thing, or it's not an eight to four thing. Um, you could get the call at four o'clock in the afternoon and be setting up from six o'clock in the evening all the way to 6 o'clock the next morning for a 7 a.m. start. Mm. And then you're expected to operate through from 7 a.m. all the way to 5 p.m. With no briefing, no yeah. idea about yeah. what's happening. So it's, it's one of those things where you, if you want to be there, you'll be there. Uh, if you want to do it, you'll do it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, if you don't, you don't. And it's not the people who can't do it. like. I think people in production don't look at people who don't do production as like, oh, inferior. Yeah. We just know that we love doing what we're doing and we just, we just do that. Yeah. I think the difference, is, like, I don't know about other people, but like you said, like, it, there's no difference between me and someone else who doesn't know how to do it. Like, you can show them how to do it. Yeah. It's just a question of, do you want to do it or not? Yeah. If you want to do it, then you'll put in the work and you'll understand everything and learn on the job. Yeah, pretty And then much. get, eventually go to a bigger place than where you were. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me 
so far has been that I've really come to appreciate that life isn't as linear as, as they tell you it is in school when, when you were a kid. And they said, you have to go through all these grades. Yeah. And then you have to, once you finish that grade, you have to make sure that you're working really hard because then you can go to the next step and the next step. It's always that next mountain to climb or that next rule or yeah. next person to follow. It's like, it's how society is built, you know. Yeah. They try to keep you in a pathway and follow this rule, follow this rule, you know. Like, okay, school, finish school, job. You work for someone all your life until you get married and die. And then you retire and then you're dead two years later. Yeah. So. It doesn't make sense, right? Like, to me, honestly, at a young age, it didn't make sense to me. Like, why work or school all your life, and then you go and you work all your life again, and then you don't have anything else, and then you just, you just die. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Because I thought, like, there's more to this than just, you know, living and working. Like, it's got to be more. And, um, like, I, I can remember when I was at Blue 7, and we would, we would do some serious work mm. and like some serious hours. Oh yeah, I know the boys. The boys are good. They just they can work forever. Yeah, I mean, like you, you. I think a lot of people don't. Like the thing, the funny thing is, like people will walk into an event and they'll see everything set up and they're like, "Wow, this is so beautiful." And then they'll go sit down and they'll enjoy the show and they'll have their meal and then leave. You know three glasses of wine or sometimes a whole bottle and a little domestic in the car park and then they'll leave. Yeah. But, but what I think the funny thing, like the thing I always found funny was that people will walk in and just have that, it's just that initial like, oh, you know? Yeah. But the work that goes into, <laughs> into that little, just that little, oh, it's just immense. There's yeah. a whole back-end support system. There is. I saw it firsthand. I saw it firsthand, like, yeah. when they were doing, like, all the events that we went and hosting the BTS, made all that hours of, like, packing up and setting up and all of that for just people to go have a good meal, sit down, enjoy the lights, the music, the sound. Yeah, like, it takes two days of work yeah. to set up something that'll be used for two hours. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we do it because we love it. We love doing what, what we're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I was lucky enough that Blue 7 found my resume and I just happened to squeeze myself through the cracks, through the cracks into this industry that um, I honestly, like now, I, I don't think I could go back to geology. It's, yeah. the pace is too slow. Uh, the, the pressure is not there. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm the sort of person who really enjoys pressure like if you work really well under pressure I, yeah i work better under pressure if it's really boring and straightforward like we've we've had those gigs where it's a really straightforward gig and i'm like um, jules or laurie you guys you guys do this one yeah i mean it's good for them because they get the experience yeah though. okay you just chill and do other things yeah i mean i tell them oh, i've just got to go for a meeting but <laughs> i'm going home and i'm going to see <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but that's good for the boys too. They learn how to switch and all that and stuff. It's not that complicated. I mean, it's mm. just like you have your different camera angles. 
and you just you well you're trying to stitch a story yeah um, with live cameras so you like say if someone's giving a speech and you you just on that person speaking it gets a little bit boring so yeah you ask one of your operators to pick up a different shot like of someone listening in a crowd mm. and you just cut to that and then you cut back right it's like live editing yeah you're editing live um, interesting and the thing is, your client will come and tell you if you fucked up. Right. Yeah. Like that, that feedback, it's instantaneous. And it's usually like a look like, what the fuck? We don't want to see the head. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, but I mean, yeah, so I think there's, there's some crossover between what I do and what you do, but like what we do is heavily compressed into this two slot, three hour time yeah. slot and you have to be perfect like it has to run perfectly yeah. from start to finish if you fuck up it's fuck up yeah if you fuck up it's yeah fuck you gotta up. be able to fix it like on the on the on instantly the yeah. yeah like you have it's to, live you know it's live you can't you, you can't, can't say oh my bad let me control anzi and you know like, yeah there's no there's no undo yeah it's um, fine that's the thing. It's that like the Sopranos, you know, you fuck up once, you lose two teeth. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you take a shot that's not, I mean, like, the client isn't there, I know the recording's recorded, right? You give it to yeah. them. How many clients, like, do they take? Is it all or just a few that want to take the recording? Just a few. Like, just I'll ask few. before, mm. because then it, if they don't want it, it's one less thing for me to worry about. Yeah. So I'll ask the client before, like, do you want this recorded? And if they say yes, I'll ask them, do you want the cameras recorded individually as well? Um, right. Because I'm just recording the program feed, like, yeah, whatever's what live. Like, whatever live feed I'm sending out, that's what's getting recorded. Okay. But, um... The cameras can record separately. Cameras can So it all depends separately. on the, the initial briefing that you have with the client. Yeah, oh, uh, that's usually like 10 minutes before the show. Like, oh, by the way, did you want this recorded? <laughs> no, but I reckon you should, you should start doing like proper, proper briefs with clients. Just tell them yeah. like, hey, this is, this is this, 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 is that. But then it usually doesn't happen, but I'm just, just saying. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah. Li I'd like to. Like, I'd, I'd like to know and have like a proper run sheet. Yeah. I've never had a run sheet before. Uh, the wow. best we've ever gotten, and this isn't a reflection on the client, um, it's just that they, because this isn't their world, you have to understand, yeah. like, the, like these corporate clients, they are focused entirely on what they're doing, mm. and this event is just sort of an offshoot, it's something that they have to do. Right. So all of these, they don't understand um, mechanics behind the mechanics and, and the requirements need, yeah. and all these things, so it's usually, like, as... As someone who's giving them a solution, it's your job to go in and say, okay, well, this will work, this won't. Mm. Or we need this, or have you considered this? Yeah. So you're the ex expert. Yeah, that they um, pay well, like, for, yeah. They're paying for your expertise in that yeah. specific subject matter, which is delivering what they want. It's just the time frame that they give us is very limited. Yeah. So we have to think on our feet and, you know. Because like clients do that all the time. They pull in, pull in last minute, last minute change, last minute shoot. Oh, you remember that? We're not doing that anymore. We're yeah. doing this now. <laughs> I mean, that's the fun of it, you know. 
Yeah, I guess. I personally don't enjoy that, but it's good to sometimes throw a curveball and see how you handle it. Yeah. But I think, like in your case, it's better for you to work with the brief because then it's more efficient. Like yeah. you're able to get the end, get to the end product a lot faster. Mm. Whereas if you, if they don't give you, they just say make a video. Yeah. You know, like what does that mean? So when clients say that to me, I try to dissect what they mean. Yeah. But if they're not like we're not, we don't have that communication very clearly. Yeah. I just assume they don't know what they want. Yeah. So they want me to be creative about it. So that's when I just put in my creative juice and just come up with something. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's really what, that's really the difference between being a service provider and being someone who's able to provide solutions. Yeah. Um, and your clients will, I found that your clients tend to value solutions more than a service. Mm -hmm. If you're just there spouting off tech, like, yeah, we've got this camera, it shoots in 4K, yeah. da 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 da. They, they don't give a shit. They don't give a flying fuck about frame rates or, you know, whether you can shoot in RAW or not. They just want to, all they want is the quality and the reliability yeah. and efficiency. Like if you really break it down, that's all they want. That it, um, is, it is exactly that. And that's yeah. the thing, like, a lot of people get hyped on, you know, the latest and greatest gear, and they forget on... Oh, fuck, I hear Yeah, man, like, they forget about... <laughs> the key aspects of like what the customer, if you go and you tell a customer, oh, I sit on a Sony and this, it does that, it has this frame rate, I should S-Block 3, color, they don't give a fuck, okay? Yeah. They just wanna know if they're paying you to do a video or a live event, if you can do it or if you can't do it. And if you can do it, is it reliable? Is it gonna solve their problems? So solution, like you said. So you provide a solution, not yeah. a service. Because if you provide a solution, I'll come back to you again. Yeah, it's um, it's more of a value thing. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's like a cost of a value thing. Um, and I've had clients come up to me like, uh, do we have to pay you per day? We're only paying you like, we're, this show's only like 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. And my, my thing is like, I will tell them, well, yeah, if you look at the cost of it, you can work it out to that cost. Yeah. But I prefer to work on, like, what is the value to you? Mm. Like, what value does my team bring for that 40 minutes? So your value price. Yeah, pretty much. You know Chris Doe? Who's that? You should check out Chris. Check out Chris Doe. Chris what? Chris Doe. Chris Doe. Chris Do C-H-R-I-S-D-O. Yeah. Chris Doe has this uh, principle of value pricing. Okay. Instead of service, like pricing. So service, then yeah. value. And then service is you're an order taker, you're an employee, and value pricing is you're an expert, you're, uh, you're positioning yeah. yourself higher than the rest. Um, I don't know about positioning myself yeah. higher than the rest. No, 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 it is. Like, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> I'm just going to straight up say it, like, with your expert, like you provide a solution, yeah. they see you as an expert. You don't necessarily have yeah. the title to call yourself an expert. If you're a narcissist, you can do that. But yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I don't like to say that I'm an expert, but it's your positioning that labels you as yeah. an expert because you know what you're doing, 
you can talk to clients, you know what the clients want. Yeah, pretty much. And then you just give them your experience. You're like, oh, this is usually, I know this is what you want, but if you consider this, yeah. this is the way to do it. This is more easier if you want to save some money. So like you're on their side, you're coming from there and all of like yeah. saving money, saving time, better solutions, better quality, like reliability, all of that stuff. So they're leaning towards, oh, okay, so it's not just here to steal our money or take our money. He's actually trying to help us. Yeah, and try to do whatever they want to do. Like, um, yeah. like we've done work for, for BSP. Mm. I think... I think when people think BSP, they think, oh, like there's a shitload of money. Ka-ching! <laughs> but BSP is just like any other business. Yeah. They're, you know, they're trying to make profit. They're trying to keep their overheads low mm. and maximize as much maximize profits. profit as possible. So, uh, like when I first started that relationship with BSP, they were asking all, all these questions and all these tech questions, and I went, no, no, no. They, what is it that you want? Like, what, what do you want me to do here? And then they explained that, and I said, okay. We'll do this and this, um, and I'll throw in another two cameras. And they're like, oh, is that going to cost extra? I was like, and this is the little, the little sneak yeah, in here. Like, well, like, I'm trying to build that relationship yeah. with, I mean, BSP. Of course. Right? The, the so you were looking at the future more Yeah, I'm looking long term yeah. instead of short instead term. Of just, like, yeah. What is that relationship with arguably the largest retail commercial bank in the South Pacific? Mm. <clears throat> what does that look like over time? And so whenever BSP calls, I'm like, yep, good to go. Mm. Uh, whatever you need and some. Yeah. Because you know? it will benefit you in the long run, in the long term, to have a standing relationship with some... A company like BSP. Yeah, I mean, like with BSP, uh, I do the same thing with Blue Seven, so I service yeah. them as well. Um, whatever they need, and then more. Um, That's good. Try to go out. You gotta go out of your way yeah. for the ones, for the people that matter. Like for for, I think I, I only I found that I've only done it with clients that that appreciate that mm. that um, that look at. Um, being able to value something over like what's the cost of it? Yeah, you know? because that then we're speaking the same language, and it's easy for that relationship to to have flourish. some meaning and flourish and grow. Whereas if I say that and then a client goes, no, no, I just want to know the cost, then I know that this client won't be back. Um, those those one-off customers. Yeah, you you one-off customers, yeah. and they're okay. You know, they keep the cash flow going. Mm. Yeah. But it's those ones that you want over time. Yeah. And I mean, taking it back to geology, there's absolutely no crossover with being able to tell what a rock is just by licking it, which is not true. We actually rub that on our teeth. Really? Certain, Damn. Sp- certain rocks. So certain, certain rocks. rocks. If you're trying to tell the difference between silt and stan- like sandstone or... Sandstone? Oh, no, sorry. Mudstone. It, it, like with a sedimentary or a metamorphic rock, and you're trying to say... I have no idea what you just yeah. said. It's all right, go on. Look <laughs> at he's pulling them out of the bag now. Yeah, <laughs> name dropping me. Go on, man. It's fine. I don't even know if what I said is the accurate. Like, is it the right rocks? You, know, you can have 10 geos and they'll all say different things. <laughs> right. It's like, no, that's granite. Oh, fucking, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, you just wrap the rock on the teeth just to tell the different textures. Yes, it's a textual thing. Okay. Um, when we were in, I can remember when we were in the first year and we were trying to do that. And right before my buddy, his name's Anders, uh, he tried to do that. And then our lecturer goes, but don't do it in the lab because people sometimes drop acid. Yeah. Oh my God. It's usually some hydrochloric acid or something on, oh my on the God, rock. Yeah. So would not advise it. You almost did. <laughs> he almost did. The dumbass wow. was like, I'm about to do that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, I, man, I'm a huge fan of your journey. Like, ever since you told me that, you know, you come from a geologist background, yeah. I did not see the connection between, like, yeah. like geology and live video. Like, it, or just... Non-existent yeah, at all. non-existent, yeah. But then, like, now you're telling me your story in brief. Um, I just... You were someone who adopted, got out of that comfort zone, yeah. tried something new, took on the opportunities that you could, and then you just piled on from there. And you like working on the pressure and all of that. I guess um, for all of us creatives or people in the video production yep. industry, it's sort of like that for like a bunch of us. Yeah. Like we go to school for something, something totally different. Something totally different. Like Ron Paul. Ron was, uh, I think he was an accountant. You know? Ron Paul was an accountant? Ron Paul was an accountant. Wow. Yeah. I got to ask the guy. Hey, Ron, if you're watching, you're next. I'm going to send you an invite right after this. Like aside from being a sexy guy. He was yeah, he's, he's <laughs> though, right? Yeah. Like, I saw one of his, he was doing a campaign for Jax, yeah. the uh, Kaka outfits, uh -huh. you know? He was wearing one of those casual Hawaiian shirts with his wife down at uh, Alibi. Yeah. Man, he looked really good. I was like, shit, man, you should just quit photography and go modeling. <laughs> <laughs> I think Buds, Buds did the photography for that. Yeah. Yeah. Buds, Lawrence, all of those, like, they're a tight group. Yeah, they're very tight they're group. They're all uh, PAU kids, right? Yeah. Um, Lawrence, uh, yeah, Lolo is PAU, I think, Buds as well. Um, Rowan was from PU. Mm. Graham Robinson was from PU. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Graham, Graham Robinson, is he, is he the pasta by any chance? No. <laughs> no, because, like, I know, I know Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I, I got the wrong guy. You know? I, yeah, I definitely got the wrong guy. Judging from that, is it the guy that went to. He's working for the government now that does the cybercrime thing. No. That's no, not him. That's not him. So there's another Graham Robinson. Yeah, yeah, there's another Graham okay, Robinson. Okay, I've never met him before. Oh, he's, a, he's an excellent photographer. Um, well, what page did you go by? Pixar. Pixar. Pixar, Pixar, just Pixar. P-I-K-S-A, Pixar. P-I-K-S-A, okay, I gotta check it out. Yeah, Graham he's, Robinson. I mean, Graham's been around for ages. Mm. He's one of those old dogs. Um, yeah. And I had absolutely no idea that, like, he services some really big clients. But you, yeah. you wouldn't know because he keeps it. Yeah, on the download. Keeps it on the download. Guy. He just does his work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's. I appreciate those kind of people. Yeah. Like they don't brag about it a lot. Because starting out, for me, I made a lot of noise. You know, like I fucking 
Yeah, I mean, you have to, right? Yeah, just to, just to get myself out there. Just to get yourself out I there. I had to make a lot of noise. Like, when, like, say, my journey in starting out was a lot different to yours. Yeah. Um, because I had, I had those relationships already with, like, yeah. Elwin and Graham. So they were like, hey, we know what you're like, so here's this work and do it. just do it. So, I mean, you could say that, yeah, I was spoon-fed, yeah. spoon-fed a lot of those No, games. no, they gave you an opportunity. Yeah. And you made it possible or plausible or yeah, beneficial to I yourself. Because, so. yeah. like, if you see it as a spoon-fee kind of thing, you're just selling yourself short. Oh, I, I, you still had to do the work, right? I mean, yeah, we still had to do the work. We still had to, I mean, acquire the gear to be able to service. It's, yeah. a, it's a different scale of of production mm. like you could just have your normal little table conference and that's a very simple setup to to a whole to a whole like a multi-camera mm. shoot inside a stadium or inside the standing ballrooms right it's um it's like you've gone from here to here very quickly and whereas with you like you had to literally every like to get from where you started to where you are now, you had to grind as hard as you yeah. could. Yeah. Man, it's it's a journey. Every gig, like we learn from every gig. Yeah. Just like you, but ours is. At least we have the opportunity to correct it because it's post production. <laughs> <laughs> but yours is like, it's live production. Did you get it right or you fuck up, man? Like. I've, I've done like a little bit of post production, and I fed it into. A live mm. production. Okay. Um, or oh, like playing back. Yeah, just on video playback. Yeah, okay. So, so I remember I sent, um, you know, Vele Caro? Vele, no, I'm not okay. familiar. Uh, so Vele, Vele, I think he does live production now as well. But he was my, oh, he is my go-to guy to fly the drone. Right. So he was flying, grabbing some, some footage on the drone during one of these events, and I was like, oh, bring me that SD card, and I'll just put it on this laptop and play it back. And so while the guy's talking, like, you have this nice drone, nice footage, drone yeah. footage going around. And if people were paying attention, the person on screen is very different to the one talking. <laughs> but people don't know, you know? Right, yeah. So I can get away with, like, little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the big stuff, not something noticeable. Oh, it was, it was a big show. Like, Which show was that? I, I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just say, like, um, your message to the upcoming peeps, and then, yeah, we'll just wrap up. Like a message for the kids? Yeah, like for yeah. the upcoming people or um, kids who are interested in doing all of that. Uh, I would say... If you want to try it, try it, you know. Um, Live production is something I would not wish upon my my biggest enemy. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's just one of those things where you, you either have it or you don't. Mm. Like, you, you can either do it or you can't. But... I mean, everything that I've learned from from when I was a kid to now, I think the biggest takeaway, like if we're doing a message for the kids or young young people, is mm. that it's like when you're, when you're 14, 15, and you think that, you know, 
high school is it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I remember that time. And then you get to 18 and you're like, this is nope. as good as it's ever going to be. <laughs> you know? and, then, and then you turn 20. And then you're like, this is as good as it's ever mm. going to be. And then you turn 25 and you're like, no, this is as good as it. Mm. Like I've turned 30, so I'm 32 this year. And I think I've, I've come to realize that it's really only as good as you make it. Yeah. So, uh, if, you, if you want something bad enough, you will make it happen legally. <laughs> yes, legally. Legally. You got to put in the work. Yeah, you got to put in the work. Um, I remember when we started and when I, when I realized that I was heading down that path to live production, I would, let me see, there's a clock there. So I would, when the sun goes down, I would start working and researching and researching, reading up until probably nine o'clock the next morning. Damn. And I mean, it was great because it was COVID at the time and everyone was right, in lockdown. Right, everyone was so. just staying in the house, yeah. So from there, and then I'd sleep for like six hours and then just do the whole thing all over again. And when I actually did my first live show where I was actually switching, um, I, I sort of had like a little micro panic, you know? Mm -mm. And then I realized- like, That imposter syndrome moment. Where yeah, that like, imposter syndrome moment. Am I really like, doing you, this? Like, you don't know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. You're just gonna fuck this up. Yeah. And then I realized, uh, and then I just have to self-correct. And you have to be able to do that. Yeah. And you have to be able to look at yourself and go, that's not going to help. Um, as much as you think that it's right. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I like to think of it as, um, and this really comes back to live production. Mm. We don't worry about um, the frills and things, you know? Like, we're not worried about how good something can be or the idea of something, we really work off first principles. So it's, um, does it work or does it not work? Mm. Um, is it helpful right now or is it not helpful right now? Or if like five things are fucked up during a show, all at the same time, the first thing that goes into my mind is not what the fuck just happened. The first thing that goes into my mind is like what needs to get sorted first and then sorted after that, and then, and then, and then. So immediately taking solutions. Yeah, we, you have to, uh, because you know, you're being paid to deliver and you have mm. to deliver. You can't go to the client after the show and be like, we were good for an hour and a half, and then we weren't good for the, the, the remaining the time, yeah. hour and a half. It's not gonna cut it, so. It's all, it's all of those little things. So it's, um, I guess, it's understanding that life isn't as linear as you thought it would be. Yeah. You know? And you just got to work your ass off. There's really no other way to put it. I mean, every, every single person like, that you read about that is successful put in work. Um, they actually had to work to get to where they are. Even, so true. even Donald Trump. Of course. Yeah. People say, oh, he, his money was given to him. He was going around the country. He had to actually campaign. And yeah. People don't know Donald Trump's story. They just know him after the presidency. 
yeah. I mean, I really didn't give a shit about it before <laughs> or after, but but that doesn't excuse the fact that it's a truth that you yeah. know, in order to become president, he did have to work for it. Yeah. No matter how you feel about something, and this is another thing that I've learned is that the way that you feel about something does not change what it really is. <clears throat> it's like that classic, I love her, but fuck, she's toxic. <laughs> yes. No. Or in, if we take it into a Papua New Guinean context, I love him, but he's so fucking abusive. It's true. It is. It's fucking true. You guys are disgusting. Toxic relationships, that's another topic. It's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah. Save it for the booze. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in both cases, like, so in that and in life production and generally in life, it's yeah. the way that you feel about something does not change the way that it actually is. You could love a lion, but that lion will fucking eat your face off. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just have I to, live by that a lot. Yeah. Like you have control of what you can control yeah. and what you can't control. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. I guess the kids are now saying like, it'd be like that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's funny, like I'm old, but I'm not that old. Yeah. yeah. No, but <laughs> it's, it's wisdom. It's good. You're old, but you're not that old, you know. Yeah. But you know, like, we've gone through enough. You're at that stage where we've gone through enough to know enough. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. Amazing. All right, we're going to wrap up here. Yeah? All right, cool. Good. Thanks a lot, everyone, for watching. If you did, if you learned something, please comment below. Follow him. His, actually, his company is called Biogeologist. He does live events. I'm going to tag his Instagram down below. Just Go follow him. Fair warning. There's <laughs> not a lot of work stuff on there. It's just me bagging on my camera yeah, crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like live production, how do you like, like market that stuff? It's just mostly referrals. Yeah, it's mostly referrals. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that we, like we, our, our policy is that we won't post things unless we have permission to. Exactly, me too. Yeah, so I'll, I'll ask, hey, is it all right if I post these yeah. photos? And when I do post photos, it's just of our gear. It's not yeah. of the actual event. So that. Most clients will say, yeah, you can post it. Some will say no. Yeah, that's one of those things. Yeah. Consent, yeah, it's I consent. believe is the term, consent. Consen <laughs> Consensual posting. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't post like a lot of the stuff that I do as well. Yeah. Because most of them is like, you can't post it. Yeah, you can't post it. I mean, it could be the best fucking show that you ever did. Yeah. You can't post it. You can't post it. Because I've seen a lot of my friends get into trouble because they posted work that they're not supposed to post. Yeah. Yeah. On their own page. It's one of those, like, you have to be very careful because doing what you love is one thing. But once you turn that into a business venture, Mm. Then you have to also learn how to be professional. Yes, you have to take the business aspect into consideration, which is something yeah. I'm trying to teach people. A lot of creatives who suffer on that um, business aspect of things, which is why I mean I'm trying to learn and teach people 
how yeah. to be better business-minded people than because that's all there is. Like if you want to get more fancy gear and buy more of those equipment, you got to learn the business side, <laughs> and then you'll be able to afford stuff. And then you'll be able because otherwise, stuff. you'll just oh I love this. They lowball you with a price, and you're like yeah okay. I love doing it, so why not? It's yeah, not I work. mean, do you want to be that guy that rocks up with like 15, 20K worth of gear and, and it's a 500 kilo job? job? Exactly, man. I hate that stuff, honestly. I used to love doing that stuff, but now it's like I'm just going to put figures out there and then if they don't agree with it, fine. Yeah. You know, know my worth, stick with my worth. Anything that's not at my interest, so it doesn't interest me to go. I'm just gonna say, yeah, this is other guy. He's really great. Yeah. He's, he's his number. Contact him. He'd probably you can. He'd probably fall in that category of pricing that you're looking for. I'm not. I'm sorry. It's like. Well, I mean, you gotta be. You just you know. Because I I think that's the other thing. Like people make people get caught up in like, oh, no, maybe I should just do it. Yeah. But you're a business. You're. Like first and foremost, your responsibility is to your business, and I think people make this mistake of confusing their business for themselves. Like, especially if you're a single operator, you, yeah, it's very easy to blur those lines. Yes, you know? this is like we said at the previous episode. You got to separate your business and yourself. Treat your business as a business. Yeah, work on your business and in your business as much as possible, because then. It'll be able to turn around and look after you and yeah. feed you. Or I'm able to tell my camera operators like, ah, uh, they're like, hey, is that payment coming yet? It's like, yeah. About that. That's the business, <laughs> you know. Like, you go talk to the business. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but they're great guys. You know? Nah, they are a great bunch of dudes. Support. Uh, shout out to you guys if you're watching. If you are watching. I wish that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have this one. You can just. I know. I was like. So, yeah. So if you behind the scenes, camera there, camera there. So it's like, yeah, we're crossing. Anyway, we'll sign off now for real this time. <laughs> for real, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. I leave all the links and everything that you need to know about this conversation and his page, my page as well, down in the description. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. if you have any questions about anything that we talked about, like if you want yeah. to reach out to us, feel free. Yeah. I'm happy to. I'm happy sure to a help lot of people, people have questions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, what's your um, <laughs> OnlyFans account? <laughs> Is that going to be in? Like, are you keeping, are you keeping this? In? Yeah, I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that in. By uh, the way, I don't have an OnlyFans account. Yeah, he doesn't, and he doesn't go to the gym, but he's naturally, you know. Oh no, this is from like all those HDMI cables. Like, uh, SDI cables. Man, those things are heavy, eh? Yeah. Um, it's like a 50, 50 meter run would be, I don't know, 10, 12 hmm. kilos. Because I tried moving at the Pangarelli. <laughs> like, the boys were lifting, I was like, yeah, hey, come and carry one. I was trying to hold it and hold the camera in one hand. They're like, oh, damn, okay, put the camera yeah. down. You carry one. Because I thought it was just cables, so it didn't, yeah. Anyway, that was fun. All right, guys. Appreciate the time. Yeah. 